Welcome to the Silver Line Relaunch, and this is episode number 54, and what an episode this is going to be. I have Chase Tuning with me, and when you hear the way he describes his relaunches from being in the active service for six years, he had to be medically discharged, two surgeries, multiple surgeries, but two times he had to learn how to walk again, his father passing away with ALS, and all of the journeys in between that have led him to where he is today. His voice is one that will definitely be impactful for you. Also, not to mention, it is, he's got the bomb of the voice. I mean, this guy has the voice. He should be on every single radio show, every single podcast out there. But I enjoyed it so much. I hope you get as much out of it as I did. So let's have the conversation begin. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. Welcome to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And today I have Chase tuning on with me and this is going to be quite the show. He has done so much with podcasting, with inspiring people out there in all directions. And you, everyone listening in, are gonna have a rare opportunity to hear about some of his relaunches and how he's been able to capture and continue to move forward. And there's always silver linings, right? So Chase, welcome. Welcome to the show. So happy you're here. Hillary, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's great to be here. We got to connect not that long ago for my show. And uh, this is what I love about this platform and storytelling in general is you get one side of an experience and then, you know, you get to stay involved with other people's lives and just build relationships and share stories and, you know, help everybody, you know, listening in your audience and mine. So thank you for having me. Wow, uh, so great. And what I always love to do is start to talk about the relaunch. The one that has been really, truly the most impactful for you and the one that perhaps people don't really know a lot about, and that's what makes you, you. And a lot of times what people see on the outside is not necessarily yeah. all of the things that you've done to be where you are today. So can you take us through your relaunch, the one that you really feel, hey, this impacted my life? Yeah, it, I love your whole philosophy and terminology around relaunch, relaunch, you know, it, it fits very, very well with mine. And it's just this constant, you know, decision to move forward ever forward. That's my philosophy. And when I look back at my life, when I look back at my personal life, professional life, um, over really the last, wow, I'm getting up there in age now, it's been, I guess, about, you know, 15 years, uh, there are three major kind of relaunches that come to mind. And the one that stands out the most that I think your audience would appreciate hearing more about is the one that probably broke me the most. It's one that left me mostly 
physically incapacitated, emotionally incapacitated, just, and it's even more ironic because around that time, it was about this time in my life when I had a lot going for me. Uh, I, I was really going up in my job at the time. I had a lot of potential there. I was not only climbing that corporate ladder, so to speak, but I was very, very happy and fulfilled in what I was doing. Um, I had great quality relationships in my life. I was in a very long-term, serious, committed relationship. Uh, I was really reestablishing a lot of relationships, you know, really my family relationships that I felt I didn't get to stay on top of during my time in the military. I was back home. I was growing my career. I was in grad school. I was the strongest I had ever been. I was the leanest I'd ever been. And then all of a sudden, over the course of a couple months during this one summer in 2015, pretty much all of that came to a grinding stop. Um, I, I was rather not dealing with a lot of things in my life that the more I tried to make everything on the outside all shiny and perfect and you know look well manicured, all those other bad decisions uh, and lack of decisions and dealing with things in my life uh, kind of rose up and reared its ugly head and left me in a very, very kind of dark place. Uh, my relationships began to crumble. My job was, I was questioning. I didn't know if I fully enjoyed it as much because I kind of hit out of nowhere, this big blockade, if you will. Um, and I began to experience a strong disconnect emotionally. Like I said, I, I was in the peak of my training and peak of performance and aesthetics, but uh, I was really denying my emotional health, my mental health. And I began to experience very severe panic attacks and PTSD triggers from um, time in the military and this, this horrific loss of losing my father and a lot of things that I just chose to not deal with caught yeah. up with me. And uh, it brought me to my knees, quite literally. Uh, and it was during that time, that rebuild time, I chose to really lean into these things mm -hmm. and deal with them, but also to completely embody them and to use them not as just an excuse, but my entire reason for what I wanted to do and how I wanted to live my life moving forward. So I, I took all of those things, rebuilt my life and relaunched everything. Uh, my, my career escalated. My okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, 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 we're zipping through this a little much. Okay, so we got to, we got to back it up a bit. Oh, so sure. you're saying, you're saying 2015, things were going incredibly well for you. And, you know, you kind of had everything going on, but then you had this, this dark, this darkness about you. Mm -hmm. And it started to truly, as you said, this dark place and you had panic attacks and some of the military experiences, losing your father, those things started to emotionally impact you. Oh, uncontrollably. Uh, it, it was just coming out of left field. Yeah. And it was coming out at you and it was debilitating to the point where you couldn't get out of your own head, it sounds like. Yeah, it's one of those things where call it military training, call it uh, ignorance, call it ego, um, maybe a hodgepodge of all of those things. Yeah. I, I thought that I was doing fine by just suppressing it by just saying these things don't serve me, I don't need to focus on them, or I can just skirt around them. Mm -hmm. No, that, that wasn't the case. Um, you know, the body keeps the score, as they say, trauma will find a way eventually to, to come back into your life. Um, and the people and relationships and things in your life that maybe you're taking for granted or just not nurturing as well as you thought, um, you know, they also have breaking points. And all of these things I experienced uh, during just this one amazing fun summer of my life where <laughs> I got to rebuild all aspects. So when, when the body keeps score and all of a sudden something, you know, happens, was it the straw 
that broke the camel's back? Was there one thing? Lots, I'm hearing lots and lots of different things, but was there a final like, oh my God. And then as you said, you just like, you know, things just started to fall apart or was it this progression, this, this small build that finally just had you, you know, kind of at this point? You know, I, honestly, Hillary is a little bit of both, but if I have to get really honest and I will, it was really kind of just this one thing that kind of just broke the camel's back, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to mm -hmm. speak. And um, I was watching this movie with my then girlfriend, now wife. And this was one of the relationships during the time that was very much up in the air. We were going through some stuff. And, See, and I love that already. We already know, like, spoiler <laughs> alert, it worked out. But okay, let's go back. <laughs> You're watching out. this, watching the movie. Okay. And uh, there was this, this death scene where this character passed away or this character's relative or something. And it was like a hospital kind of scene. And they were on a gurney and like the sheet and, you know, in slow motion kind of just carried them over the body and it was uh, you know a death scene and immediately it took me back in time to when I experienced that with my father mm -hmm. he passed away from a terminal illness a very very cruel cruel disease an escalated case of ALS Lou Gehrig's disease and um, I was thankfully there literally his last days last hours of being alive and that was the big emotional trauma for me that any you know years leading up to this point like I was saying it was kind of a like a little bit of this, um, both things we're talking about, where anytime a death scene would come up in a movie or a song would come on the radio that him and I used to rock out to, uh, I would just be completely taken out of my mind and my body. And just, I would have severe panic attacks. We couldn't go out, you know, I would have to leave movie theaters. Uh, certain songs, like I said, would have me swerving off the road when I was driving. And it was this one scene where it was just the worst or a very, very severe panic attack. One of the worst I'd had in a long time. And next thing I knew, I, I blacked out. Uh, my girlfriend then was like literally trying to shake me, revive me and just like snap out of it. And it was a big kind of culmination because it was a reminder of what I had not focused on, what I was depriving in my healing journey. Um, this, this, this mental health aspect that I really needed to work on. But it also came from a place of love from her because it was also a big, big area of concern for her and our relationship, because this wasn't the first time this had happened. And when you love someone like that much, like you want them to be better in all areas of their life. But you were saying it wasn't your first time having a panic attack. No, okay. no, no. And, and she had her. seen this and she knew, hey, this can't yeah. be good for you. This is and, but this time you passed out. It went to that yeah. extreme. Yeah. She's like, hey, if we are going to progress and we're going to work through things mm -hmm. together, we also are here to work on things individually. And, you know, your your mental health and your emotional health and like your sanity, really, and your ability to go through life and not be constantly triggered like this is a big component of what I want you to work on for yourself, but also knowing that we can come back together and we can progress in life together. And hey, so no wonder you married her. <laughs> she sounds like an amazing person. The fact that she recognized this, knew you needed, you yeah. knew you needed to actually focus in, have that relaunch around getting yourself back. Right? And, and it wasn't from a selfish point of view. You're absolutely right. It was, it was very mindful. And I, I realized this at the moment that this was something that was holding me back personally, mm -hmm. holding me back professionally. Uh, I, I could train and do all the things and anything that I wanted to, but you know, the body was going to remind me of areas that I was denying. Um, and then I, I recognized too, sometimes like I, it would completely throw me off professionally. Like I said, going into work, if I heard this song or 
a favorite band that my dad and I used to have. And it would just completely derail me from the day. And I, at the time was a clinical health coach and my job is to show up and to be there for people that are relying on me to improve their health and wellness. And I, I wasn't showing up my fullest self and I couldn't, couldn't help them to my fullest capability until I took care of my own self. So it was this final thing of, Hey, you need to fix this kind of one thing so that all the things can get better. You know, Uh, when we had our last conversation, we talked about it, your dad passing, my mom passing very, very similar, you know, like how it really rocked our world. And when you talk about being a clinical health coach Mm -hmm. and you're showing up where you're crumbling on the inside, you're, you know, you're sitting here, you're saying one thing, but it's the opposite that's happening on the inside. I, I can't even imagine how out of alignment you actually were at that point, how, and, and I'm asking for myself and for others listening to this, how did you do it? What were the processes? What, like, what was the first step in first acknowledging, yeah, you woke up from a severe panic attack. Your girlfriend is like, hey, you got to do something about this. What'd you do? Well, I, I kind of came to the realization that how I was going about problem solving right here, air quote, this wasn't working. I could no longer not deal with this. I could no longer face it. Like everything else in my life, and we haven't gotten to it, but maybe just not yet. um, Like my physical rehabilitation, I went through a string of very severe injuries in the military. I wound up medically discharged. I had to learn how to walk again twice due to serious reconstruction of both my hips. Um, And so like I, I, I'd done the work before it was, you know, Hey, heal, rehabilitate, put in the reps, you know, and get back on the horse kind of thing. But for whatever reason, when it's not a physical ailment, a physical injury, it was a lot easier to suppress. Uh, And so I realized that I was not putting in the reps with this area of my life. Oh, that is so good. Not putting in the reps. And because it wasn't physical, because it was emotional, you're treating it completely different in terms of the rehab. It's because we don't see it, right? Or we choose not to see it. And, and we can just stuff it off in the corner or choose to deal with it later because it's not like that nagging final five pounds of fat or it's not that, you know, five pound increment on the barbell for a new PR. It, it's, it's less tangible. It's less visible. But it is just as, if not even more visceral, if we ignore it. And so I kind of had this just big realization. And so I, I really wanted to, I, I wanted to make my relationship work. I wanted my job to work. I wanted me to work. I wanted all of these things to work properly. And so I just had to face the truth of how I was going about things was not working. And if I wanted all these other areas in my life to some of them to at least just be there, but definitely to be improved upon, I, I had to do something different. And so all the years of the external work of training, of rehabilitating, of, uh, of transitioning from military, you know, out into the corporate world again, I, I, I paused a lot of that external work and finally went inward. And, and this is when I, you know, I got into the woo, I, you know, I began journaling, I began listening to podcasts, and I began with the whole personal development self-help journey. Okay, so hold on. You are a manly man. Like you, you know. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) People who have seen your pictures, these images, you know, he, the outside sounds like his voice. It's, it's, it's amazing, but. We're trying, we're trying. Yeah, but (laughs) here's the thing. When we start talking about, you know, inner sizing that, you know, working on the inner, you know. I love that term. That's great. Everything going on. 
somehow that doesn't seem to fit with the image of masculinity and, you know, being all together. And so how did you, how did you kind of like come to be a journaler and, you know, the woo side of this and realizing that you had to go inside in order to have your world change on the outside? Well, you know, it's like they say, the first step in anything is awareness. And that first realization for me was huge of, like I said, how I was going about things was no longer serving me. And it was not serving me in the way that I would like to, or I was no longer okay with. So I had to really kind of just start there. And then I, like I said, I was turning to just trying to learn things in a lot of different ways. And so I, I began to just look at and listen and read people, men, mentors, heroes of mine differently. And so when I would look at these people, these influencers, these authors, these writers, and I would get a lot of information and knowledge from them in terms of, hey, here's some ways, you know, some easy ways to pack on 10 pounds of muscle this year, or here's training protocols to bust through your plateau. I would then hear them talk about, oh, the biggest revelation in my life, the thing that's helped me, you know, in all areas or a specific area of my life is meditation, is taking a walk is inserting stillness into my day, is journaling. It, it was like it was always there, but for whatever reason, I wasn't ready to hear it. And so I began to just kind of look at and read and interpret these, these men and mentors and people um, through a different lens. And I was just like, all right, well, why no? Hell, let me just try it. Uh, if this person that I have learned so much from thus far is telling me to just get out a piece of paper and write my thoughts and feelings. That sounds pretty straightforward. I can do that. And that's exactly what I did. Hillary, my, my, my big jump into personal development was walking out of my apartment at the time. I was living with my brother in Arlington, Virginia, right, right on the cusp of Virginia and DC. And I walked maybe two blocks to a CVS in the corner. I got this like four or $5 marble cover mead notebook. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. They see it when they go back to school shopping. And I just picked it up. I got a pen and I began every morning. I made up a ritual. I would just wake up and I would just brain dump. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I, once I got started, it was unbelievable. The things that were just pouring out. I would sometimes look down at what I was writing. And I was like, where the hell did this come from? I, I have these feelings. I have suppressed these emotions. I didn't know. And it, and it was there. I just needed to pause, have this sense of awareness, look inward and just open up the door a little bit. And it all just came pouring out. I mean, the answers didn't come pouring out, but the, the questions I needed to be asking and the areas of my life that I needed to be focusing on were completely illuminated. And so then the work began. Well, and they say, ask better questions. Yeah. We'll get yeah. better answers. So it or really does. Ask any question sometimes, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Ask any. And what I like about what you um, started with was, you know, you, you thought, why not? Let's just try it. And I think that for so many people, when they're deep into the kind of that negative relaunch and things start to spiral, and one bad thing is leading to another. And we know our thoughts dictate what's going to happen in the outside. And what you think today shows up tomorrow. What I love is that it was almost like this concept of, well, what I'm doing right now is not working. So I'm a denominator is me in all of this. Exactly. So let's try it. Let's try this, you know, these far-fetched ideas to you at that time. Now we realize after doing it, it's like you live for it, right? You live for the journal, you live for the meditation, you live like, can I just do more of that? But at the beginning, it, it 
It is that, you know, it's like when you go out and start working out the first few times, it's painful. Exactly. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It's unfamiliar. It, literally, your brain is having to pause and go, what are you doing? We've never done this before. We have no connections to this. This is unfamiliar. And so not only, you know, the ego and the external self is this is new, this is uncomfortable, this is weird, but we have a lot of biochemistry. At that point, I'll even say working against us. And it just takes, like I said earlier, it just takes a little bit of time and pushing through that initial uncomfortableness to, to put in the reps, to build the familiarity, to completely rewire your emotions and rebuild a new lifestyle and your entire habits around everything and relaunch. Mm, and, you know, the way I refer to it is, you know, this concept of I am not, I mm. am not a meditator. I am not a journaler. Again, those are beliefs, right? Yeah. And I call them bugs beliefs underground surfacing. And so <laughs> we can exterminate those guys by saying, you know what, what if you were, what if you actually started to journal? What would the worst thing that happens to you be? And that's what I say, hey, if you were to try it, what's the worst thing? And so for you, it ended up changing your life. I mean, you talk about the silver yeah. lining. Can you tell us about what started to happen? So initially, like I said, with uh, the big thing that I was working on at the time, besides myself, was my relationship. And that was a big thing that, you know, I could share with her to say, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm working on with myself. And, and here's what I'm doing that I think it's working for us. And so it, it was groundbreaking work for us. Like I said, we figured it out. We're happily married now for over like almost five years. And um and so that kind of just began to be the catalyst and it was the stepping stone to the next thing, to the next thing. And it, and it caused me to really question a lot in my life of what if, what if, what if, what if it, it was almost like being reborn. It, it's like stepping out of the matrix, right? You just you look at the world, everything, everything differently um, because you begin to see possibility. You begin to see even just small 1% changes in your life that you thought were just standards that I don't have to accept this anymore. I don't have to accept this from people. I don't have to accept this from my coworkers. I don't have to accept this in my relationships. More importantly, I don't have to accept this for myself, for myself or from myself. And so then, I mean, honestly, it, it, uh, it helped me build up the courage really um, to go back and seek professional help. I had been on again, off again with a therapist for years, um, going through the work with my father, um, family stuff, personal stuff, um, military stuff. And so I went back on a regular basis for a few months. And uh, that coupled with the work I was doing for myself was instrumental, it, it was completely necessary. Um, and then really, the ultimate thing that I did was, besides asking these new questions, was I realized that, look, at the core of all of this, besides me, the common denominator is me, the common denominator really in all this stuff um, was my association to that loss of my dad and it rocked my world I, he passed away when i was 19 i i'd only been away from home for like barely two years i was becoming this young man i was in the military i was following in his footsteps of military service and it was a big challenge to my identity um and so what i realized was that's never going away he, he's not coming back as much as i would love it so I really need to completely change. I, I need to develop a better relationship or better skills and coping mechanisms to handle 
what happens when you're at a movie theater and a death scene comes up? What happens when a loved one in your family or your wife's family now passes away or becomes sick? Like these are things that I just have to accept. And so instead of running from this loss and this trauma that I did for at that point about 10 years, um, personal work, professional work, and then I just chose, I consciously chose to, I'm going to just bear hug this mofo. I'm going to completely embody <laughs> him and his memory and his legacy and his mantra. And luckily, uh, luckily for me, um, my dad actually did have a mantra, it, you know, besides just how he lived his life and just this beaming, glowing, hilarious icon in our community, the small little town in Virginia, and just the glue of our family. Uh, he had these two words, ever forward. Um, it was actually a creed, this kind of saying that he picked up from his time in the military, his first duty station, his first unit, every unit you're in, at least in the military, in the army, excuse me, we have a, we have a saying. Uh, and his, he was assigned to the 116th Infantry Regiment, the small little guard unit out of Virginia, and it was ever forward. And it dates back all the way to like the American Revolution. And so I was like, damn, that's really cool. Like, it's this phrase I've heard ever since I was a kid. He would always say it and be it. And I was just like, cool, dad, like cool phrase. All of us were like, okay, that's nice. That's, that's awesome. That's very optimistic. And so I decided to latch on to that. As I'm talking out loud, it kind of reminds me of um, like Batman, like in Batman Begins when, you know, Bruce Wayne decides to just turn to the darkness and embody the thing that he was so afraid of and that drove his life in a, in a negative way, mm. he chose to completely embody it and be it. And so that's what I did. And honestly, it has helped me tremendously in the last now six, seven years um, to- what, you know, is ever, what does ever forward mean to you? Ever forward to me, I used to think, and really just up in the last few months, I used to think that it was just a great way of finding a silver lining. It was just a, a, a familial catchphrase and, and a way that I could stay kind of tethered to my father. And it still does in a way, but it has gone from something that I can use to anchor myself in a positive light to the past, to the possibility of what is going on in the future. Um, it, it is just a reminder through overcoming that, like I just explained, of, of that trauma in my life, of overcoming um, my physical limitations from my injuries to overcoming, you know, going from corporate America to launching my own business now and knock on wood, you know, still doing okay four years later um, to a thriving, very happy, fulfilled marriage and, you know, having so many great relationships in my life to just, you know, look at every day what is possible, what is possible if we choose to just keep the ball moving forward. Like it has to be a conscious choice every day. And most days, are very difficult to do that. Well, and I think everyone listening is like, okay, Hillary, this is clearly your wonder twin. <laughs> and for those that don't know, wonder twin powers, you know. <laughs> Night, right? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm feeling like the form of just, you know, powerhouse of possibility right here. God, it just feels so good. Um, okay, so where, where has this led you now? What are you working on? Share with us what's going on for you now that you've had this true silver lining, this evolutionary process ever forward, right? Where are you and what are you doing? So these days I, I'm doing this. Um, I've transitioned out, like I said, from being a full-time clinical health coach uh, in late 2017. I left and I had launched my podcast at the time, Ever Forward Radio. I was like, well, if I'm going to do this thing, what better way than to, you know, embody that message, like I said. 
And I began to kind of just double down on that. In 2018, I launched my own online health coaching business, Everforward Coach. And then about summer 2019, I just decided to completely lean into this space of podcasting and content creation. And, and so that's what I've done. And my show, Everforward Radio, uh, what my brother does, he runs Everforward Apparel here, if you're watching the video. And it, now it's just completely shifted into what can we do to grow personally and individually and, and you know that legacy item with our father. But it has been so gratefully well received all over the world that it's now like it's a movement um you know the show and the content and the apparel and you know everything that we do that my family attaches a name to and these two words uh you know we're now in the reach of you know tens of millions and it's unreal so uh i am very grateful for the opportunities i have now to show up into my world is still very much health and wellness personal development that's everything you're going to hear me talk about on the podcast and so i i shifted out like i said in summer 2019 from the you know coach chase model to just podcast chase model. And so you're gonna hear me talk all things, right. fitness, nutrition, mindset, have great conversations with people like yourself mm -hmm. uh, recently on the show. And so, yeah, I, I show up to create content, have conversations, develop storytelling for um, everybody else out there that needs to hear the message uh, that I needed to hear so many times years ago to hopefully help them skip to the front of the line, so to speak, uh, of healing. And their own personal development and just realizing what is possible if they just ask a different or better question ah ever forward get relaunch ready there we go yeah Perfect. got it level <laughs> okay so what i always do at the end of our show is i always go ahead and do a little rapid fire are you ready? all right I qualified okay, expert in the military, so hopefully I can. Oh, you're going to be really good. Up here. <laughs> Ooh, I should have thought about even harder ones. Okay. I would like to know how many resumes did your dog send out today? <laughs> <laughs> okay. For those that don't follow true, A true fan. I love it. A true friend. <laughs> for those that don't follow him on his, um, on his social media, he always looks at his dog and, you know, hey. Can I tell you something real quick, Hillary? The video you can see, this is exactly... That's what I'm dealing with right there. <laughs> the dog right now is passed out asleep in its little that doggy is, chair. So that oh, is my dog, Nella. I, I just had to, I had to throw that one out. <laughs> She's still okay. at zero, to my knowledge. Okay. Who has been your favorite person so far to interview on your show and why? And I know you want to say me, but you can't. Well, yeah, I can't say you, right? <laughs> we got to, we got to move on past the obvious. Um, I will say, one of the people that always sticks out to my in my mind, and I've loved everybody that's been on the show. Some stick with me more than others, of course, but um, Lisa Bilyeu. Lisa Bilyeu is the co-founder of Quest Nutrition. Um, she runs the show um, Women of Impact. Her husband, Tom Bilyeu, runs Impact Theory, very big in the podcast, you know, personal development space. And I interviewed her a couple of years ago. She's been on the show twice now. And I, I've never met anyone, of course, present company excluded, uh, <laughs> who is just that open and honest and vulnerable, but mm -hmm. just the warmest, kindest, loving human being that at the level she is and what she's accomplished in her life, um, she doesn't have to make as much time for other people as she did and does for me. Um, they've been great new friends ever since the show. And so she's, she's just the kindest human I think I've ever met. You know what? I've never known karma to ever kick anyone in the ass. Mm. Give, you get, right? Cause Absolutely. and effect. So I love that's That's an awesome one. Uh, okay. Uh, 
something people would be surprised to hear about you? Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, Ooh, I think I've stumped. Oh, well, I mean, there are quite a few things. I, this last uh, like six, eight, eight months of my life have been, uh, I've been challenging a lot of things, a lot of, you know, par parameters in my life. Um, you know, maybe they might notice, maybe not. I, I'm a huge rule follower. I, uh, you may look at me and, you know, I think someone in the more creative space, content creator, you know, creator space uh, is very much just like open to everything and just all, you know, rainbows and butterflies and, you know, everything, just whatever floats your boat. But I'm very, very structured, very, very regimented. Uh, you know, even yes, you know, I get to technically wake up and do whatever I want, I guess, but uh, like everything for me has a rule and a reason. And um, yeah. Uh, maybe the you know old habits die hard. I, I've been. I was going to say, before. being you know in the military, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see how you'd follow rules. That that which yeah. is. I, I don't know that many. Lucky for your wife. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so you have a very successful radio show, and lots of people are thinking about getting into the podcast business. Mm -hmm. What would be a top tip? that you would say if you're getting into the podcast space that you should really think about? I used to say, when you're ready, ready to podcast launch, you know, have, you know, at least four in the can ready to go stay a month ahead. Honestly, the way that I've seen even just my workflow now doing this for four years, and everybody else that I help in the podcasting space, you'll get 10 done, get 10 episodes done completely recorded, edited done. Um, and then and then go into your launch mode, then publish to Apple Podcasts, then do all the things because especially now the popularity and rising respect and growth of this platform um, and just the stressors of life, like life happens, reschedules mm -hmm. happen, tweaks and edits and changes will happen. So do yourself and your sanity a favor, get 10 done, ready to go, and then go about your launch. Mm, and how many do you recommend putting out there per week? It's good to start with once a week. Uh, when you're going into a launch, I always recommend still to do a trailer episode and your full episode one. So that when you, it's kind of like the Netflix model, you know, you want to go live with your trailer first so people can get a little taste, but then they immediately want more, especially if it's something new, right? So give them your trailer and your full episode one when you go live and then just weekly after that. And I did that for the first year. I didn't go into twice a week until year two. I did three episodes a week in year three. So until you can prove to yourself and your workflow and your audience that you can make maintain consistency, uh, just stick to one a week, bare minimum. Totally makes sense. Okay. For those that don't know about Clubhouse, it is an audio type of social network. It is taking off. And the question I would ask you is, who would you want to do a Clubhouse with right now? Right now? Uh, well, my always my go-to for like, hey, who would you want to collaborate with on anything is always Ryan Holiday. Um, one of my favorite living American authors back to my summer 2015, you know, relaunch, you know, his works, his books, uh, obstacles away, ego is the enemy, uh, were all very, very crucial parts of my journey. Um, I would love to converse with him now, but honestly, I, I recently wrapped up Matthew McConaughey's audiobook green lights. Holy hell. Amazing. Amazing. What, a, what I just a, started it. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Entertaining journey. I would just love yeah. to just, and he, and he has such a great voice as well. He acts it out entirely. It's 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 eleven out of ten. Yeah, don't I wouldn't do the book. I would do the audio. audio. Yep. Yeah, without it out. Good, great. And then uh, the last question I always ask is what, and which is so perfect because you've already addressed it, and you and I again are you know wonder twins. But 
What does a powerhouse of possibility mean to you? A powerhouse of possibility. It means that, particularly the word powerhouse, it means that um, when we look at possibility, it means it's an automatic just 11 out of 10, like I was saying before, powerhouse of possibility. Yes, a lot of things in, in, in life in this world are possible, but not all things that are possible are fun, are valuable, are, are entertaining. And so I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people when they're looking to relaunch anything in their life of new possibilities, right? Well, you got to kind of attach a higher meaning, something enticing and exciting to that. So think bigger, dream bigger, relaunch bigger create something, think of something, work towards something that is possible, but also a powerhouse. Like don't just do something, like do something that's going to be freaking amazing um, that you're going to be able to completely step into fully. Don't just do something. Um, like uh, my, one of my favorite shows, uh, Parks and Recreation, you know, don't, and this is something I need to always remind myself of too. Don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing, right? Shout out Ron <laughs> Swanson. That's right. So on that note, don't whole ass anything <laughs> you go all in um chase what a pleasure i loved having you on oh, thank, honor. You, thank so you much yeah super super awesome and i look forward to collaborating with you in the future for sure anytime let me know thank you hillary
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.